0: This is 105.9 The Region, and you're listening to Discovery, the radio show for podcasters. Your content, unfiltered. This is Discovery.
1: Hello, I'm Cal Steiger, your host for this edition of Discovery. This week, we have submissions from the business category. From the BDO Podcast Series Board at the Airport, we have two podcasts that present learning from the failure of others. For many, the introduction of Target was an exciting addition to the retail scene in Canada. Replacing the downmarket Zellers with their trademark red and white design, Target counted on an already brand aware market base and the warm welcome provided by consumers generally. Despite the enthusiastically received launch, complete with lineups and grassroots social media hype, two years later and billions of dollars in losses, Target was gone. What happened and how could it be avoided is something that the consultants at BDO explore in today's episode. We begin, however, with the story of a spectacularly successful company, Best Buy, and their equally spectacular launch failure in England and China. How could a company with such a remarkable track record in market development get it so wrong? We hear from a BDO mergers and acquisitions expert as he discusses the reasons why and what we can all learn. Listen up to Merger and Acquisition Fails.
2: This is the final call before you board. Board at the airport.
3: The airport, Sat at the gate,
4: I am the line. Security was bad, but I got here fine. That's delayed, even though I'm on time.
1: Bored at the airport. Not getting coffee, the line's too long. There's no way we
2: eat the bags carrying on. Sitting at the gate, now singing this song. Board at the airport. If you can't upgrade your seat, then you might as well upgrade your business. Board at the airport.
3: Hi. I'm Michael Madsen, International Liaison Partner for BDO Canada. Welcome to Board at the Airport with Mike. This show is about doing business globally. Whether your business has international presence, is considering an international expansion, or if you're in the middle of revising your expansion plan, then this show is for you.
1: Board at the Airport
0: the Dow fell a record 777 points.
2: We came as close as we have ever come in history to a total cardiac arrest, not just of the American economy, but the entire world economy.
3: In the years after the 2008 financial crisis, one part of Best Buy's recovery plan was to expand into the United Kingdom and China. Neither went well, and here's what happened.
2: I'm really honored, proud, and lucky
4: to be opening the first Best Buy store in the UK.
0: Best Buy also received a lot of praise for being one of the few traditional brick-and-mortar retailers to survive the retail apocalypse that killed or significantly weakened many of its competitors, like Sears and Kmart. Its stock peaked back in 2018, and it's still the top retailer of consumer electronics, even beating out e-commerce giant Amazon. But in the years since the 2008 financial crisis, one part of Best Buy's recovery plan failed spectacularly. Its expansion into the United Kingdom and China.
3: Some reports
4: say the company's in financial trouble. Well, that's what Forbes magazine claims in its newest issue.
0: In the UK, after just two years, the company closed its 11 big box stores and exited the country. George Laurie, analyst at Forrester Research, explains.
3: One of the things that they they said correctly was that customer service in what we call electricals was not everything that it might be. And I think any consumer at that time would agree. People in the UK, they're much more likely to research online and buy online, That actually the role of the store is quite insignificant.
0: Best Buy's failed international strategy has become a textbook case on how not to expand into new territories. By the time it closed all its stores at the end of 2011, its joint venture with UK mobile retailer Carphone Warehouse burned through almost 200 million pounds, approximately 318 million US, having opened only 11 of its original store target of 200. Best Buy's big box proposition planned to shake up the UK electronics market with a strong emphasis on US-style customer service combined with low prices. Best Buy examined the UK industry for years, during which time it considered making major acquisitions to propel its launch. It procrastinated right up until the UK was in its worst economic decline in decades. This is a recession. What today's numbers show is that hard times are here. The
2: pressure's been immense. It's been extremely stressful.
0: What did Best Buy's competitors do? Their competitors launched enormous
3: efforts to retrain their people and to train them better almost exactly the same time that they entered the market.
0: Best Buy proved unable to adapt its strategy once it became clear that its choice of large outlets in out-of-town locations was not working. Being an unknown entity in the UK, it needed a much larger marketing push to get people to make the trip to its stores. It was the wrong format at the wrong time in the wrong market. Strike two, Best Buy's failed attempt to expand into China. As they did in the UK, Best Buy purchased a majority stake in a local company to help establish a presence in the market, acquiring five-star appliance in 2006. By 2011, it was over and Best Buy left China. The company's liabilities were fueled by China's issues with pricey, cost-conscious customers and, surprisingly, the unpopular big-box retail format. The Chinese wouldn't pay for expensive products unless it was a trusted brand like Apple. Plus, the Chinese market was flooded with cheap knockoffs and counterfeit products. The result? At the time of its exit, Best Buy ran 184 stores in China under the five-star brand, the 18th largest retailer in the country. However, its geographical reach was limited, allowing bigger competitors to aggressively open stores in larger cities across China. Today, Best Buy's domestic performance is strong. Playing to their strength, Best Buy not only has survived the retail apocalypse, but it also emerged with the most developed omni-channel experience in the market, as it reaches consumers with its physical stores, online platform, and in-home service. Even Amazon utilizes Best Buy's omnichannel capabilities to distribute its own products, such as TVs and tablets, in Best Buy stores. Expansion into other parts of the world, however, will remain an epic tale of corporate and market analysis missteps that almost drove the company into bankruptcy.
3: At first glance, Best Buy seemed to have the right idea. They were smart to partner with UK and Chinese companies, but they really should have collected more feedback from their business partners before aggressively moving into these new markets. Joining me on this episode is Ryan Farkas, Managing Director of M&A and Capital Markets for BDO. Ryan has been working with private companies in Canada, advising them on mergers and acquisitions for over 18 years. In that time, Ryan has worked on more than 100 different transactions across a variety of industries from coast to coast. He sits on BDO's Global M&A Steering Committee and is especially active in the consumer retail sector. Ryan, this Best Buy story is really fascinating to me. Entering a foreign market through merger and acquisition seems like an easy way to expand internationally, but what is the lesson that people can learn from Best Buy's experience? Thanks, Mike. I would say it's to be methodical
4: or maybe using the old analogy when you're building something to measure three times and cut once as opposed to cutting right away. Companies really need to consider all of their options based on their specific characteristics and the market they're contemplating entering. There are different strategies to consider from simply building organically slowly over time, perhaps buying something small to test the market, or making a sizable needle moving acquisition right off the bat which is sometimes what we see with larger corporations. As we saw with Best Buy, the one-size-fits-all approach where you often assume that your current strategy and your current market will work anywhere doesn't always work and can lead to increased risk around failure around your international expansion plans.
3: If listeners are considering M&A as part of their global expansion, what are some of the key things they should keep in mind? It's really
4: important that I think a company looks at their own value proposition and how it might apply to the specific market that they're looking at. Obviously, some markets are gonna be more similar to their current markets. And I think the depth of that analysis really depends on on how different the market you're looking at is. A lot of companies might assume that if they are successful in one market, that same strategy and that same go-to-market approach will work in a different market. And that's not necessarily the case
3: clearly complex and potentially many pitfalls. How do you go about mitigating the compliance risk with such an expansion? It's
4: obviously a question near and dear to our hearts, you know, in a large firm such as BDO. From a compliance perspective, from a regulatory perspective, from a due diligence perspective, being able to tap into local knowledge is really important. You know, the way to mitigate some of those risks you mentioned, Mike, is to leverage good advice on the ground, so to speak.
3: Is there one type of challenge that is the most difficult to overcome? Well, there's lots of challenges.
4: I think the one is probably cultural. That's probably where truly appreciating that the cultural differences from market to market is where historically you see acquisitions gone wrong, if you will cultural differences from a staff perspective. So, you know, the culture that your organization emits amongst the internal team, if you try to impose that on an acquisition in a different market, you can face resistance. And ultimately that customer value proposition is really driven by so many factors. And if once that breaks down, that's where a company can find itself struggling to sustain whatever it is that they acquired and almost with no chance to grow and take advantage of what they had maybe intended to do from, when they thought about doing that acquisition.
3: How do you overcome challenges related to cultural differences?
4: For an organization that has specific markets that they would like to enter or would like to expand to, I think going slow and being methodical, engaging people on the ground. And sometimes there's different ways to do that. You can use consultants and advisors to feed information back to you around the way that business is done and the way that culture is going to impact your specific business. So I think really most of the roadblocks or the issues that you might hit really come from going too fast. And when you go too fast, you tend to hit speed bumps that perhaps you didn't see coming. And, you know, there's a lot of different ways to get there, but I ultimately think it's probably about being methodical and ensuring that you've got the information before decisions are made that don't allow you to reverse course.
3: If companies are currently considering or working on their M&A plan as part of their international expansion, how can we help
4: them? I think there's a lot of things that we can do to help them. First and foremost, we'd be putting them in touch with our practitioners on the ground. As a global firm, we've got a presence in many of these markets, if not all, and being able to find the right resources there to give that inside information around what that market is any of the questions and to start that dialogue with the company as they start to hone in on what markets are attractive. From there, it's how you bring the whole breadth of what we have to offer as a global firm to anybody who's really looking at international opportunities.
3: Thanks, Ryan. Ryan Farkas, Managing Director of M&A and Capital Markets for BDO. Thanks for being part of Board of the Airport with Mike. I'm Mike Madsen. If you like this episode, subscribe to our podcast and connect with us on our LinkedIn group page on our next episode. Pepsi was trying to run the slogan, brings you back to life
4: in China. But instead of hyping up Pepsi's energizing powers, they told people the soda will bring your ancestors back from the dead.
0: We'll explore the experiences that Ford, Coors, and Pepsi had in common when they entered a foreign market. Board at the airport with Mike is powered by BDO Canada. BDO provides tax, audit and assurance, advisory and business outsourcing services to companies across all sectors of the economy. We operate from 125 offices across Canada, covering all major business centers so we can be close to your clients. We are a key member of the BDO global network that provides business advisory services in 167 countries. And this allows us to meet the needs of clients who are growing and trading internationally. Visit us at BDO.ca.
2: Your attention, please. Thank you for choosing Board at the Airport. We remind you to join us wherever your business plans take you. And those entrepreneurs with international business interests, we invite you to subscribe at this time. We remind you that this podcast reflects the personal thoughts and opinions of the authors and does not reflect the view of BDO Canada or its affiliates. This podcast is not a substitute for professional advice, and passengers should consult a qualified professional prior to takeoff.
1: Board at the Airport. Moving on from Best Buy, we get closer to home with US retail giant target's launch and retreat from the Canadian market.
2: This is the final call before you board. Board at the airport.
4: Board at the airport. Set at the gate, I am the line. Security was bad, but I got here fine. Flight's delayed,
1: even though I'm on time. Board at the airport. I'm not getting caught the dance too long there's no way we eat the bags can't on sitting at the gate down singing this
2: song. board at the airport if you can't upgrade your seat then you might as well upgrade your business
3: hi i'm michael madson International liaison partner for BDO Canada. Welcome to board at the airport with Mike. This show is about doing business globally. Whether your business has international presence, is considering an international expansion, or if you're in the middle of revising your expansion plan, then this show is for you.
4: Board at the airport. Target didn't understand the Canadian customer. Except for the sign, it looked like Zeller's, smelled like Zeller's, the only thing, they couldn't even keep it in stock like Zeller's.
3: Today, we'll share the story of what happens when you take the supply out of the chain, how one of the largest department store chains in the U.S. completely fumbled their expansion into Canada. A
0: huge deal is reshaping the country's retail landscape. Target stores are coming to Canada. Target traces its roots back to Daytona Dry Goods, which was founded by George Dayton near Minneapolis in 1902. Over the past 100 years, Target has grown into the second largest domestic retailer behind Walmart. The $70 billion Titan operates over 1,800 locations in the United States the chain has carefully cultivated its brand image, specializing in chic products at affordable prices, and is known for efficient organization and has a highly admired corporate structure. Teamwork that works. Target decided to expand into the Canadian market, partly because Canadian shoppers already enjoy American Targets. In fact, cross-border shopping in Canada is very popular due to duty-free exemptions. Compared with the United States, the Canadian retail market is significantly smaller. In 2020, Canadian retailers generated $606 billion in total sales. That same year, U.S. total retail sales surpassed $5.5 trillion. Target announced an uncharacteristically bold international expansion plan in hopes to take the Canadian market by storm. The company purchased the ailing department store chain Zellers for $1.8 billion in 2011. Target hoped to renovate those stores and formulated a plan to open 124 locations by 2013. Not only that, but the chain expected to be profitable within its first year. We built this business model to be competitive in Canada. Target originally purchased 220 Zeller stores to expand their footprint in Canada. These locations were in rundown shopping centers that were hard to access. The stores were smaller than Target's typical US formats and took more money than expected to expand and convert into its trademark red and white layout. Many of the stores were also in low traffic areas, far away from their target audience. In Canada, it is critical to understand complexities of the small population base and build a coherent store density plan that caters to the major metropolitan areas. Additionally, companies need to understand the unique geographical and linguistic differences in Canada. Companies need to build marketing plans that account for the diverse population. The differences between French speaking Montreal and English speaking Vancouver cannot be overstated. Fast forward to January 2015, two years after Target entered the Canadian market. The American retail giant announced it would be exiting the Canadian market, resulting in net losses of $2 billion and 17,000 jobs.
4: What happened? They bit off more than they could chew. I mean, that bullseye dog was a good mascot. But they came into Canada with so many things they thought to their advantage.
0: One of the many reasons they missed the mark is supply chain plus logistics. Target's rush to expand was faced with one challenge after another. Differences in Canadian packaging Protectionist tariffs and exclusive wholesale arrangements forced Canadian targets to develop an entirely new logistic network to support the Canadian stores since they could not be serviced from the company's American distribution network. As a result, the company needed to build new distribution centers. Typically, a distribution center takes several years to complete and integrate into an overall system. Target planned to build three distribution centers in less than two years. On top of this, Target purchased an unfamiliar off-the-shelf inventory system because they didn't have enough time to customize their existing system for the Canadian market. Their American inventory system was not compatible with the Canadian dollar or even French-language characters. This new internal reporting system did not interface well or at all with the other Target systems. It forced some stores to manually process and verify every single piece of data, drastically slowing efficiency and profitability. Target's international expansion into Canada is a cautionary tale underscoring the importance of having a solid strategic plan before expanding into a new market.
3: Joining me to discuss Target's failed expansion into Canada is Charmaine Gaderas. Charmaine leads BDO's customs and international trade practice, providing consulting services to clients in a wide range of industries. Charmaine, welcome to the program.
5: Thanks, Michael. How are you doing today?
3: Doing fantastic. I remember the story real well as many others. There was a Zellers in my community here in the suburbs of Vancouver. So pardon the pun, um, how did Target miss theirs?
5: I see we did there. Very clever. I believe Target's failure was a result of not educating themselves on the intricacy and complexities and additional costs of importing and shipping into a foreign country. And in the case of Target, their startup plan in canada was very 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 aggressive and you can see that they didn't take a lot of these factors into play you know they were inexperienced with the timing delay and additional cost and it did show up with the bare shelves and the higher prices than the normal target customer was used to
3: Clearly, supply chain issues were a key piece of the Target story. What can we learn from Target when it comes to their supply chain issues?
5: Michael, I always say knowledge is power. I probably say that five times a day as I'm talking to new clients or new prospects that are looking to set up shop or enter the Canadian market. And what that means is the company needs to fully understand the laws and regulations of the country that they're importing into. Let's look at what products you're bringing in, where you're bringing them in from.
3: It seems here in 2022, every day, the crisis around supply chain is cited as a top challenge facing business and pandemic and the Suez Canal and labor shortages and the impact of conflict and a myriad of other things. And there's so much to unpack here, I realize that. But can you just summarize for our listeners what's happening and perhaps even what the future holds?
5: Companies need to have inventory in Canada just in case of another trade dispute just in case of another pandemic, just in case of another war. COVID continues to wreak havoc around the world, as we saw recently with the backlog of cargo ships in China, because they were back in lockdown and they had no workers. So what ends up happening there is the ships sit, they're full or semi-full and they're sitting there. And then people are ordering and that's all landing in the warehouse. There's only a certain amount of workers There's only a certain amount of ships and there's only a certain amount of warehouse space. It doesn't matter which country you're in. So the backlog happens in China. They go into lockdown and they start releasing, you know, ships and they, you know, those ships come into Canada. Those ships come into the United States. Well, they're backlogged as well because they're not designed to handle this, you know, amount of cargo ships that are landing there. And and they don't have enough workers. And it just it's on and on and on. In Canada, we're starting to see and feel the effects of rising fuel costs. Anyone that's been to a grocery store lately sees that, like, I almost tripped over my cart the other day when it was $8.99 for a watermelon. That's rising fuel costs. If we're paying it at the pumps, the truck drivers are paying it at the pumps.
3: As a business owner, how can I mitigate my risk relating to supply
5: chain? Knowledge is the key. Knowledge is power. For many, many companies and business owners and CEOs and on and on and on, supply chains, customs has really kind of been a black hole, but they haven't seen the global unrest that we've seen before. They haven't seen the trade disputes. They haven't seen... For lack of a better term, weaponizing duties, you know, and, and tariffs. So if they want to continue to operate and be successful with their business, they need to know what's going on in the global stage and they need to know how all of those unrests could impact their bottom line and make contingency plans.
3: So with our existing supply chain, any Tips or strategies that you might suggest in and around safeguarding what already is in place?
5: The first thing that we talk about is reevaluating your existing contacts and your purchase orders. Know your business on the global stage. You know, right. really take a deep dive into your industry, know what's going on know which countries your suppliers are located in. And what I'm really talking about, Mike, is getting a globe and plotting out where everybody is and looking at the costs associated with using that vendor in that country. If
3: our audience is currently experiencing issues with supply chain or duties or any number of things. Can you tell us how you and your team might be able to help?
5: We can help with documenting their supply chain from cradle to grave. That includes what happens in their purchasing area of their business, their finance area of their business, all the way through their vendors, giving ideas on how to vet vendors or how to establish relationships with vendors, what to look for in freight companies and the tips and traps of freight companies. And then I pick it up at this point in time where I specifically look at the duty impact of your goods. You know, what is the duty impact? What are the costs associated with your goods coming into Canada? Give them insight into what their current process is and then help them do their contingency planning for catastrophes that we know can happen and i'm at the point now where i look out the window and you know a pig could fly by and i would go yep that's okay
3: (laughs) well on that note This has been wonderful. I mean, clearly an issue that in a global business environment impacts so many of our listeners and is a critical factor to their success and success of their business. Supply chain challenges are here to stay. Clearly a lot of complexity and your advice around managing risk and adopting plans to address the uncertainty are so very insightful and practical. Thank you again.
5: Thank you very much.
3: Thanks for being part of Board at the Airport with Mike. I'm Mike Madsen. If you like this episode, subscribe to our podcast and connect with us on our LinkedIn group page, Board at the Airport. Board at the Airport. On our next episode.
1: No waving of the arms, two taps of a finger is all it takes to hail a taxi virtually. Halo is shaking up the local taxi scene.
0: We'll explore how UK ride-based sharing app Halo went toe-to-toe with Uber and Lyft. Board at the Airport with Mike is powered by BDO Canada. BDO provides tax audit and assurance advisory and business outsourcing services to companies across all sectors of the economy. We operate from 125 offices across Canada covering all major business centers so we can be close to your clients. We are a key member of the BDO global network that provides business advisory services in 167 countries. And this allows us to meet the needs of clients who are growing and trading internationally. Visit us at BDO.ca.
2: Your attention, please. Thank you for choosing Board at the Airport. We remind you to join us wherever your business plans take you. And those entrepreneurs with international business interests, we invite you to subscribe at this time. We remind you that this podcast reflects the personal thoughts and opinions of the authors and does not reflect the view of BDO Canada or its affiliates. This podcast is not a substitute for professional advice, and passengers should consult a qualified professional prior to takeoff. Board at the airport.
1: You can subscribe to the full series of BDO's Board at the Airport from wherever you currently stream your podcasts. Thank you for listening, and tune in next week as we continue our exploration of the podcast universe.
0: Discovery